Good morning. How's everybody today? Blessed. We're so blessed. I mean, it's a Kligman Sunday, but you know, you're all Kligmans by proxy. You've all been adopted into the family, some of you uh, more than others. Uh, yeah, Cass, that's you. So, yeah, I'm just so blessed to be here. I'm blessed to see what my family's done and what we're doing. I'm blessed to steal my parents and take them with me. Uh, I'm so blessed to be here when we were able to show the video of our last Christmas giving. Man, it was so amazing. God does such amazing and great things. As a church, you know, the kingdom of God and God's presence through us and in us is more powerful than you think it is. Uh, We might not be able to change the presidency. We might not be able to change the government or the corruption or any of those things, but God has placed us here in this place to change our world. And we can change Draper. And I can change Bata and Philippines. And I'll tell you, it has changed. I've been there 10 years. And man, this year has been a year of complete transformation. And I've shared with some of you along the way, but you know, last year when I was here, we were a church that, kind of an underground church. We were still coming out of COVID and just hunkered down and trying to survive. And there was this crazy cult church that didn't want us there and the government leaders fighting against us and sabotaging our water and all of that. And um, man, God just gave us a vision that we needed to just be the church that loved him and loved the people around us. And so we went into the community and Man, we, we were just everywhere. We've been in the schools, the teachers, every community event, we were there. Every, everything we could to impact our community, we've been there. And you know what? I just want to just praise God and share it with you because this last November, there was an election for all of our local government officials and um, all the ones that were persecuting us, uh, everybody that's been against us, uh, well, God kind of changed that. Because this new election, all the candidates, first they came to the church because we are the community now. And all the elected officials are now believers, born again. Our new barangay captain, who's like the mayor, like, I mean, she's a powerful woman of God. And they she attends our church when she can, and uh, man, the first thing she did when she got elected was call me and message me and say, hey, our place is a place for Jesus, and I need your help. And man, things have changed. Now half the officials attend our church, and you know, even our Christmas giving, we went up into the mountains to this uh, more secluded area, and and they helped us, like, bring all the rice up there, and man, it was just so amazing how things have changed, and I just want to encourage you, man, we're, we're just the other building, but the Adventure Church is here to change the world here, and God's presence can do that, amen, Amen. and I'm so blessed because it's a new year, this is the first Sunday of 2024, and we're kicking it off, your church and our church We're doing it with you. We've done it with you before uh, with a time of prayer and fasting. Uh, And I'm just going to be honest. 
I haven't been, in the, in the past, a very good faster. Um, I'll just tell you, like, in the past, man, I heard about fasting, and immediately, it's like all these things going through me. First, my first reaction was always, well, I could stand to lose a couple pounds, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, what kind of fast? Am I going to do keto fast or, uh, you know, like, more in a diet mentality? And then after that, I was trying to think of, like, things that I could get away with fasting, like, you know, like, maybe I'll fast pink marshmallows, you know, <laughs> right? The blue and green ones I can still eat, but the pink ones, God, those are for you, right? And I just haven't, you know, I wasn't a great faster because I don't think I understood why I was fasting and what it meant and what I was doing. So I was just doing it because I thought I should and I thought I was supposed to. And maybe you guys, you've been there with me. And immediately when I said we're doing prayer and fasting together, you're like, the same things are going through your mind. Like... Either you're using it as a diet or you're trying to think of what you can get away with fasting that won't really affect your life, but you can still join in. And I would just encourage you, like, today, let's find out why we're fasting. And if you don't know why you're fasting, just don't do it. But if you do, and God's convicting you today to join us in this prayer and fasting, it's a powerful, powerful thing that God's given us to be able to do together. Amen. And before we get into that, let's just stand up and pray because we need God in this. Father God, I thank you so much that you've brought us together. One heart, one mind, one spirit. God, with a hunger for you. God, during this time, this new year, increase our hunger for you. That we would become more like Jesus in our hunger for you. God, that we would desire you more than anything else in our life. God, that you would be the center of all things and everything else in our life would become expendable. God, give us wisdom today to understand what it means to fast, that we wouldn't just be doing things in a religious way, but we would do them out of a true hunger, hunger for you. God, bless our church. Bless our people. Let this time that we're starting today be a time where we experience your power in a way we've never experienced it before and see you do things in ways we've never seen before. God, we praise you for these things, and we pray this in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. You know, the first time I really understood what fasting really meant was when I was reading a verse in Luke chapter 5, and I want to share it with you. Uh, Jesus, Jesus is just ministering, and so, some people come up to him, and they were questioning him. And they said, the disciples of John fast often and offer prayers, and so do the disciples of the Pharisees. But your disciples eat and drink. And Jesus said to them, can you make wedding guests fast while the bridegroom is with them? The days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, and then they will fast in those days. And this little verse right here opened up more about the meaning of fasting than anything I'd ever read before. And I want to share it with you and explain it to you because 
it helps us understand exactly why we fast and what fasting is for. The Pharisees, they didn't get it. They didn't understand what fasting was for. They were probably like me before, trying to figure out how to fast pink marshmallows and trying to figure out what it would do for their figure. They didn't understand fasting, and we know this because they were fasting when they didn't need to. They were fasting when there was no reason or need to fast at all, and they didn't get it. They didn't understand what Jesus was explaining to them, which was, when God is with you, when God was here physically on the earth, when Jesus was present, they didn't need anything. Jesus' disciples lacked nothing when he was with them. He was right there. They had him day and night. They walked with him day and night. They could be in his presence day and night. I think if the Pharisees understood this, that they could literally walk and sit and eat, dine, and laugh and joke with the living God sitting right next to them, they would never have fasted either. But they didn't. They kept fasting, and they were fasting out of a religious activity as, as something to do, not understanding that we fast because of the absence of Jesus in our world. That's why we fast. The disciples didn't need to fast because Jesus was with them. But guess what? You and I, even though we have the Holy Spirit, we don't have Jesus sitting right next to us. He was taken up into heaven. He's preparing a place for us, and we look forward to the hope that one day we will be reconciled with him and heaven and earth will be joined together and there will be no need to fast in those times. But because Jesus isn't here, we fast. We fast because we're missing something. We fast because we're missing him. And as much as as believers, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us and we have a peace of Jesus. It's not enough. It's not complete. It's not full yet. So we're missing something. The world is missing something. When we go through things, we're missing something that we desperately need and require. And that's Jesus Christ. So fasting, why we do it? Because we're missing something. And I know we go through and we try and hide the fact that we're missing something. We fill our lives with other things to make up for the fact that we're missing something. I mean, I think even as believers, we do that. We try and fill it with activities or groups or spiritual things, or we try and fill it with possessions or entertainment. We try and constantly fill our lives from what we're missing. We get brief glimpses of being in the presence of God when we come before him in worship or when we really engage in prayer, but on a day-to-day -day basis, we're still missing something, something that we will not fully receive until God restores everything, until we are in his presence again. 
So fasting is a time for three things. Three things that as we begin this prayer and fast to start the new year, I want us to deeply understand. Number one, fasting is a time of mourning, a time of grief. And I know we don't like to grieve. We insulate ourselves from grief, but grief is a good thing. Grief is a good thing. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 4 says, The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth or in the house of entertainment. You know, he says it's better to be in a funeral than in a party. And I don't know about you, but in my life, like this last new year, I wasn't like opening up the obituaries looking for like uh, a funeral to go to for my new year's celebration, like going through and Shannon's like, what are you doing? Well, trying to find a place for us to hang out, right? I don't, how many of you guys do that? Open up the obituaries and try and find a place to hang out. No, no, nobody does that. But the truth is, we ignore grief. And our fasting is a time to recognize our grief and to embrace that grief and understand that grief that we're missing something. That our lives and the world is missing something. Joel 2.12 says, Yet even now, declares the Lord, return to me with all of your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. God wants us to understand and recognize that the world is not okay. It's not okay. And no matter how much we try and medicate it, no matter how much we try to ignore it or push it away with entertainment or fill our lives with things to insulate us from the grief of how our world is, that's not what God wants us to do. We need to embrace a time of mourning. Isaiah 58, 3 to 9, talks about fasting. It says, why have we fasted and you not see it? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? And God says to them this, Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure, you oppress your workers, you fast to only quarrel and fight and to hit with a wicked fist. Fasting like yours this day will not make your voice be heard on high. Will you call this a fast and a day acceptable to the Lord? Is it not the fast that I choose to loosen the bonds of wickedness, undo the straps of the yoke, to let the oppressed go free, to break every yoke? Is it not to share your bread with the hungry and bring the homeless poor into your house when you see the naked to cover him and not to hide yourself from your own flesh? Then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily. Your righteousness will go before you. The glory of the Lord will be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry, and he will say, here I am. Now, that long verse tells us that we need to be broken and mourning and grieving that the world isn't okay, that the people around us are not okay, that there is hurt, there is suffering, there are people who need God. 
And if we just insulate ourselves and say, okay, I'm just going to go on through my life. I'm going to sit in my air conditioning, my heating, buy a new car, buy a new gadget, just forget that there's pain in the world and not actually take a time to grieve it as the Lord grieves it, he's not going to hear us the way we want him to hear us. He says in Isaiah 58, if you want me to hear you when you cry out to me, you need to be broken for the things that I'm broken for. And that requires mourning and grieving. And we don't like it. We don't like mourning and grieving. But for a time, we need it. We need it. Because guess what? Our world is not okay. Our world is broken. Look around you. There are people suffering. There are people struggling that you know and ignore. Fasting, this fasting that we're going to do, starting today, is a time where we open our eyes and allow ourselves to be broken for the things that God is broken for and not be so distracted by our own schedules and lives and busyness that we forget about it. Open our eyes and see. Go to the grocery store and look around. You will see it. It is there. Look as you're driving down the road, the person next to you, if you would just see him, he's there. I'll tell you, almost everything that God has done in the Philippines has simply been a result of us being allowed to be broken for what has happened there. And then crying out to him, and he does the work. That's it. There is brokenness in your life. There is brokenness in your family. There is brokenness in my life. This is a time of mourning, not of celebration. Celebration comes after when God does amazing things. But we have to be broken about it first. That's why we fast. We fast as a sign of our brokenness. If you just keep going on with your daily life as you always have, doing the same thing that you've always done, there is no difference. Stop. Stop doing something, anything, and just look around and see and allow yourself to be broken. Allow yourself to feel it, to feel what God feels. When you see somebody suffering, Allow yourself to just sit and cry with them and for them because God is and things aren't okay and we need Jesus to do something. How many of you, you need Jesus to do something in your life, in your family, in the people next to you? I do. I do. But if I just keep going and push it behind me, if I just entertain it away, medicate it away, if I just busy it away and not allow myself to actually sit and mourn, I'm not being broken the way God wants me to be broken. There's a time of mourning. The second reason we fast is a time of humility. 
Psalm 69.10 says, says, I was filled with zeal in the house of the Lord when I wept and humbled my soul with fasting, it became my reproach. It's a time where we lessen ourselves and say, okay, it's not all about me. My life has been all about me. I know our world says, love yourself more, but guess what? We love ourselves a lot. A lot, a lot. We don't do anything but love ourselves. And we want everybody else to love us too. But there is a time where you put that aside and you say, hey, it's not about me. There's bigger things happening than what's happening with me. And this is the time we humble ourselves and say, God, it's not about my plans. It's not about my ideas. It's not about my value. It's not about my respect. It's not about being up here. It's about humbling myself so that you can do something because there's something bigger going on than me. And there's something bigger going on in the kingdom and in the world than me. Humble yourself. Matthew 6, 16 to 18, Jesus is talking about the Pharisees again, about a religious fast. And he's telling his disciples, don't be like them. When you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure your faces so their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they've received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head, wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Man, it's not about looking spiritual. It's not about doing the right things. It's not about your image. It's not about you. Right? I know this whole world tells us everything's about you. It's not. And if you want God to do something bigger than you, we have to start realizing that it's not about us. And fasting helps us do that. We're saying, okay, whatever I need, whatever I want, my desires, I'm putting it on the back burner, right? It's going back here. I'm not following my desires today. I'm not following my needs today. I'm not putting myself first today. Myself goes last. God goes first. And what God's going to do goes first. So I'm going to humble myself. Humility doesn't mean thinking yourself lower. It just means thinking of yourself less. Like today's not about me. How many of us have had days that's not about us? A few of us. I'll be honest. I don't have very many days that's not about me. Like 99 out of 100 days are Kevin days. Right? I wake up and first thing I think about is, what am I going to enjoy for breakfast? Right? But not when we fast. We say, no, it's not about me today. It's a time of humility. Third thing, fasting is a time of just simple desperation. I love this prayer that Daniel prays in chapter 9. And I'm going to read some of it to you, but I would really encourage you, please read the whole chapter of Daniel 9. 
on your own so you can understand the amount of desperation when he's praying. But it says in verse 3, Then I turned my face to the Lord God, seeking him by prayer and pleas for mercy with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I prayed to the Lord and my God, the Lord my God, and made confession, saying, O Lord, the great and awesome God, who keeps covenant and steadfast love with those who love him and keep his commandments, we have sinned and done wrong and acted wickedly and rebelled, turning aside for your commandments and rules. And he keeps going and going about how desperately they need him, about how they need him to do something. And in verse 19, he says, Hear, O Lord. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, pay attention and act. Do not delay for your own sake. O my God, because your city and your people are called by your name. Hear us. We need you. Fasting is a time of desperation where you realize, and I realize, that we need God. We need him more than anything else. And all the situations that we've been trying to fix on our own, really, if we would just stop and realize that we need him, and we are desperate for him, and we are hungry for him, There's nothing more powerful than that. One, there's nothing more powerful than God's presence in any place. But there is not a more powerful prayer than one that is prayed with mourning, one that is prayed with humility, and one that is prayed with absolute desperation. I will tell you, God has done more in my life in the moment when I say, God, I don't know what to do anymore. God, I can't even take another step. God, I keep making things worse. God, every plan and every thing that I've put in place has just fallen apart. The moment I said, God, I need you. God, nothing else will work if you don't do something. That's the time that God has intervened and changed everything. In my marriage, I sat down and I said, God, I don't know what to do with this woman. Like, everything I say is just making it worse. God, like, if you don't do something, I don't even know if I'll be married tomorrow. And I cried and I prayed and I woke up in the morning and God just changed everything. And I didn't do anything or say anything dumb. Right? You don't have to do everything to fix everything. You just need to realize that the God you serve, the God you cry out to, wants to change everything. But he wants us to be desperate and hungry. He wants us to get to the point where we realize we need him. We need Jesus. And there's nothing more powerful than a prayer. A prayer that is prayed 
in brokenness for what breaks God's heart. In mourning for the brokenness we have. Just like Daniel. There's nothing more powerful than a prayer prayed in humility. Saying it's not about me. I just need you because this isn't okay. And there's nothing more powerful than a prayer that's prayed in that desperation where you say, God, nothing else will work. I need a miracle. And that miracle is you, and you can do all things. There's nothing that God can't do, man. I've seen God do everything. There's nothing more powerful than that desperation. And guys, when we come into this time of prayer and fasting, that's what it's about. That's why we are doing it. We're doing it because God needs to do something here. Because God needs to do something in Draper, in Salt Lake, in Utah. He needs to do something in the adventure. He needs to do something in our marriages. He needs to do something in our families. He needs to do something in our lives. And we can't do it. None of our programs are working. None of our little like activities are working. We need God to do it. And so as a church in the Philippines, in here, we are going to start this time where we say, God, you've got to do it. We recognize our brokenness. We humble ourselves, say, it's not about me. And we say, I desperately need you. And we do this by giving up something, changing our lives in some way so that we're not just going through the regular routine. And guys, it's not about what you give up. It's not about how you change your lives. Just that you do. So that you're not just going through your every day, every day, as if it was every day and forgetting how desperately you need him. And what you might do in fasting is probably very different than what I would do. But there is something in your life that you are dependent on, something in your life that you desire, that something in your life that's distracting you from your mourning, from your humility, and from your desperation to God. And God's going to give you that thing right now, and I want you to just give it to him and say, God, I don't need this, I need you. And it's not a religious activity. Guys, if you mess up, don't be like me before. We're like, man, I took a bite, so I'm just going to binge eat. Right? The, the, you're not made for the fast. The fast is made for you. Like, this is for you to focus, for you to get in the right mindset and the right life set. Where you can embrace your desperation for Jesus and your hunger for Jesus. And you might give up everything. You might be like, 21 days, I'm just going to clothe myself in sackcloth. Well, I don't even know if we can get that. <laughs> and just pause my life for a little bit for Jesus. Or you might just be, man, I'm just going to stop entertaining myself every night and just give that time and be desperate for Jesus. Or it might be, man, I'm just going to deny myself a little bit of food so I can realize 
that I am lacking, spiritually really lacking, and em embrace that lack and be a little bit more hungry for Jesus. And whatever that is for you will be different from the person next to you. But that's not the point. The point is that we mourn together for our world, for our families, for the situations that God's not working, that are broken, that are covered in sin. And we become broken for the things that God is broken for. And we allow ourselves to do that. That's what's important. That we say, it's not about me. It's about our need for Jesus. And if we do that together, you and me, the adventure here, the adventure in the Philippines, and we cry out to God together, I promise you, and you can hold me to this because I've seen God work before, he will work here in this place. And we will see 2024 be vastly different than we have ever seen anything before. But if we're just denying ourselves pink marshmallows just because... There's not really power in that. The power isn't in the diet. That's not where the work is. The work is when God's people cry out to God in mourning, in humility, and in desperation, and God moves, because that's what God does. Can we do that? Will you do that with me? Will you do that with us? Let's stand up and we'll pray for that. And then Ka'ule is going to come and talk to us about the details and the hows and the, the whats and all the things that don't really matter. <laughs> Kevin's going to pray in a minute, but I, I just want to identify what just happened. The Spirit of the Lord spoke. Did you hear God? Did you? God is here. His prophetic word is here. He wants us to pay attention. So as Kevin prays, I, I just want us to be recognizing that the spirit of the Lord is here. And he is moving in and through us. Amen. The spirit of God is here, but... I promise after we cry out to him for 21 days, he'll be here like we've never experienced it before. If you think this is the spirit of God, just wait. Just wait. Father God, I thank you that you have blessed us with the ability to cry out and seek you. That when we humble ourselves, we turn from our wicked ways. When we seek your face with all of our heart, our minds, our soul, and our strength. When we realize that we need you more than anything else. That you will hear us from heaven. And you will do something great and mighty. You will heal our lands. You will heal our hearts. You will heal our families. You will protect us. You will guide us. You will move us. You will give us directions. You will give us answers. You will show who you are in our lives because you are all we need. And when we need you and when we have you, we have everything. So God, right now, whatever it is that you have called us to, 
to lose. Whatever it is you, you have called us to change right now, to give up so that we can realize our hunger for you. God, I just bless those things right now in Jesus' name. God, I bless those situations. God, help us to feel broken for what breaks you. Help us to feel the lack of your presence in our lives. And help us to desperately desire you more than we desire anything else. And God, right now, I just ask that you would show your power to the people here. That at the end of this, no one would look back and not see how you have moved. But that we would see your power. They would know that the Spirit of God moves in power. God, do something in this place. Move in this place. God, give us that desperation today. Thank you, Lord. We praise you, God. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.